Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Uh, we've got none other than uh, Tassie uh, lad Alex Dool and uh, Alex uh, of the uh, the South Hobart and Sandy Bay Cricket Clubs, I believe. We'll give them a shout-out. How are you, mate? I'm well, Phil. How are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, thanks. You must be uh, absolutely pumped to see Ashes cricket down in Tassie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm not alone either. The The state has been buzzing since we got the news that the test was going to be coming to Hobart. And I think Hobart and uh, Cricket Tasmania have put on a great show. Yeah, for sure. And I know the uh, the SEN coverage has been all over it as well, but I was watching uh, some of the, the action on, on Fox yesterday afternoon and they a couple of those shots that panned out to the, the crowd down there at, at Blundstone, they look like they are having an absolute ball down there. Yeah, yeah, and the weather's been great too. So uh, other than a little bit of rain on day one, but, I mean, the crowd's really turned up. I think we've had around 10,000 each time and the, the, the vibe and the atmosphere at the ground's been absolutely sensational. So, and the cricket's matched it. Yeah, they've they've short, uh, they've had no shortage of uh, of highlights a- across the opening two days. There's no doubt about that. Obviously, uh, you know, a, a ton of wickets, um, also a ton. Uh, well done to Travis Head. Uh, what were your thoughts on the, if you don't mind me asking, Alex, on the on the pitch uh, that was presented at the the top of day one down there? Yeah, there were a few questions after the first <laughs> uh, half an hour when they were three for twelve, but. Look, I think it turned out to be a pretty good cricket wicket. It's it's shown that um, if you're able to be positive and, and put the pressure back on the bowler, you're able to score, such as Travis Head and Cameron Green. Um, but if you're prepared to, to do the disciplined thing with the ball and, and hang in there, then you, you see the, the complete opposite result with Australia's bowling compared to the English batting. So at the moment, it's, it's a pretty good cricket wicket, I think. Um, the game's probably a little bit far advanced than where we'd like it to be with mm. Australia three down their second innings going into day three. But um, that, that's probably got as much to do with the under lights conditions as much as the cricket wicket. How do you see the pitch playing out today? Uh, as uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm assuming, can you also fill us in with the, the weather conditions currently down there in, in Tassie? But do you think... Uh, it could sort of settle down and, and flatten out a little bit today before it, um, you know, considers uh, deteriorating? Yeah, I'd expect so. I mean, just judging on the shield cricket wickets that we've had over the last couple of years, that's been typically the case, that it's been challenging to bat on for day one. But as the game's progressed, it, the wickets got progressively flatter and easier to bat on and um, typically harder to bowl teams out on days three and four. I think the what's been the real change has been it's been really humid here for the last, for the first two days um, which is not the case today it's a nice day but the humidity is not there and just the the change in conditions when it goes under lights is the the real big thing in in pink ball cricket and the tactic that a lot of teams use is they want to bat first and bat in the daytime so that they can dictate when the opposition takes the field mm. uh, and that the hard thing is that from session to session with the at the um, artificial light takes toll, the game really changes. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, it, it looks like, uh, particularly yesterday, it, it looks like incredibly tough batting conditions. Uh, the the Aussies, you know, I, I think it's, it's fair to say, are uh, comfortably 
ahead so far, but it can change quickly again. Uh, how do you, uh, have you liked what you've seen from Steve Smith at the crease so far? Because I think, you know, the anticip- anticipation heading into day three is, is hopefully he can go on and post a big one. Yeah, and I think there was a, a real intent shown by Steve in the second innings when he came out to bat. You could see that it was the um, the typical Steve Smith with his little fidgets and his, you know, over-accentuated leaves. And he looked right into the contest in, in his second inning. So um, that's probably worrying signs for England, I would say, especially considering he's going to get a good chunk of time to bat in the daylight today. Um and, I, yeah, I just think that whoever conquers that uh, twilight session, Australia did it on day one with the bat. They were able to negate England's bowling and, and really put the pressure on Travis Head and Cameron Green in what is the hardest time to bat, whereas the English weren't able to do that yesterday when Australia were bowling to them in that mm. period. They lost three or four wickets really quickly, and that changed the game when it looked as though um, there was a good partnership being put together again by Root and Milan. So... They're the really key moments. I think they'll be, you know, the start of the day here will be be good to bat for Australia, but just going into that twilight time when the light, that artificial light starts to take over, that's when it's really tricky to bat and that's where Australia are going to have to be really good. Yeah, I love one of one of your earlier observations there. It's, it's a bit of an oxymoron, but Steve Smith, geez, he looks really on you know, based on how he's leaving the ball, <laughs> you know, the, the kind of yeah. energy that he, that he's leaving the ball with that, you know, that that's, that's the ominous warning for, uh, for, for the English, English bowlers. Yeah, I think it is. And, <laughs> and we probably haven't seen him at his absolute peak in this series. He's averaged around about 30, I think for the, for the series. And Marnus has probably been the one who's been the overly fidgety one, but um mm. Yeah, when Steve came out to bat yesterday, the the game was on the line there. We'd lost a couple of quick wickets and we were two for 10 again, I think it was. And Steve came out and he was he was fidgety. He, he looked really sharp. He was um, getting back at the bowler. And uh, I, I agree. I think it's just worrying signs for England when you see Steve Smith in that, that frame of mind. Yeah, for sure. I, I think today, I mean, my sort of... Uh, read on things is is that there's Australia's just going out to bat right there's no obviously in 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 Sydney it kind of the the match got to a point where uh, Cummins had to consider um, declaring and and you know obviously we can debate um, forever you know whether or not he he left it too late in Sydney there's no real issue there you know given that we've still got three days available uh, down in Hobart is that the the mindset of the Aussies today are they not even talking about other things apart from let's, let's just go out and bat and try and bury the English? Yeah, I'd say so, because that, as the way the game's poised at the moment, the game's right on the line. I mean, Australia's lead was good, but it wasn't amazing. I think probably left a few runs out there in the first innings. I, I thought that they, um, after day one, getting through day one and being six down for around 250, I think they would have been hopeful of another 100 runs. So they probably left 50 out there, 50 shy. But um, And then the way England have fought back with the ball as well, probably uh, really led by Mark Wood's aggressive nature of bowling, has seen them get back in this game. So from Australia's point of view, with still three days to play, I mean, they are just looking to bat and bat really well in this day day session, knowing that as the, that artificial light starts to take over, that's when it gets really challenging and um, things can happen as we've seen on both days. 
Yeah, which of the English bowlers do you think uh, is is going to be the main threat today? Because I, I suppose as this pitch settles down a little bit, um, it could be harder for for Robinson to make an impact if he's going to you know continue to bowl in the in the mid to high one twenties. Uh, Stuart Broad was probably the pick of the bowlers across uh, England's first innings in the field, but. Is it Mark Wood potentially as, as the, the lead dog, um, you know, offering a little bit more as far as the pace is concerned? Yeah, well, he's that point of difference for England, isn't he? I mean, the rest of the guys are all a similar speed at the moment. I mean, Ollie Robinson, he's he's seen to have a little bit of a back injury and that really hamstrung England in that first innings because he, he started so well. But, um, yeah, I think Mark Wood and his fire and his aggression and... Um, the way he was able to bounce back in the, the first innings on day two mm. and really start to swing the momentum back in England's way uh, a little bit, um, he'll be the point of difference. But for Australia, it's about how long can Mark would do that for? It takes a lot of energy to bowl uh, with that aggressive style and that short for a long time. And can how long can Mark would do that? Can they just mm. keep him at bay for a little bit? We saw quite a few wickets falling to that short ball, the hook and and pull, do they take it on again or do they just decide, well, we're going to let Mark Wood tire himself out trying to bowl short at us, knowing that there's three days left and there's not another bowler in the English lineup that can do what, what Wood can do. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Hey, uh, look, uh, this I, I haven't had this confirmed as, as fact or anything, but a, a, a mate on, the, on, one of the, on, a, on a text yesterday sent through that apparently Robinson was out playing golf two days ago with a, uh, two days before the test with a bad back. Have you heard that? And is that a little bit, is that a, is that a little bit cheeky given his, uh, you know, current physical condition? <laughs> I hadn't heard that. Um, very interesting to hear. <laughs> uh, I would say that if, if uh, Joe Root was aware of that in the English the English uh, powers that be and Robinson did have a bad back going into this test and he was out playing golf. I, I would say that um, they'd be absolutely <laughs> ropeable of, about that considering that he broke down in the first session. And yeah. like I said, really left hand, um, England hamstrung. I mean, Joe Root had to bowl quite a few overs himself so that he could take the pressure off his quick. So, um, yeah, I, ha- I haven't heard that. And if he has, he might be in for a bit of an earful from the captain once he yeah. finds out. Yeah, they might, yeah he, he might get punished and made to bowl a, a few overs of uh, of spin just to make his figures look a little bit uh, a, a little bit worse or something along those lines. Uh, look, uh, one of the questions I've been putting out to uh, to the listeners uh, across the SEN stations um, across uh, for Sports Central this afternoon is uh, your pick for player of the series so far. Of course, that can obviously change across the next uh, couple of days of play. Uh, who would your pick be so far? I think it's pretty hard to go past uh, the skipper, Paddy Cummins, at mm. this stage. Although Scott Boland is, oh, well, he's been just exceptional in his uh, three test matches now. And um, I think probably I would give the nod just to Paddy at the, this point in time, just with the, that little bit of unease and that turmoil that was going into this Ashes series, for him to stand up as Australia's premier bowler and and skipper and, and lead the way he has. I think he's been absolutely sensational. Mm. But I think also, too, in a in a bowling-friendly series, I think Travis Head's name has to be up there uh, in that conversation. Um, he's the leading run scorer in the series now. He's scored two magnificent centuries, and 
And this one in Hobart on day one, that, that's as good as you get. Yeah. I mean, bowling conditions were so friendly for England. They'd started well, though. He came in, the score was three for 12. And to score nearly a, a runnable 100, which was almost faultless, um, was just exceptional. And I think those sorts of moments and those sorts of innings should have his name up there um, in the conversation as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, interesting thoughts there. I, yeah, I think I, I agree with you. I think it's probably hard to go past uh, Cummins, but he, you've made a, a very good case for for Travis Head as well. Alex Dolan, thank you so much for uh, for jumping on today, and I hope you you enjoy the afternoon down in uh, down in Hobart for day three. Thanks, Bill. It's been great chatting. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.